Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 85 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I'm chatting with David Baum. In fact, I think it would be more appropriate to say that David is chatting to me. Uh, so we, it's a very rambly conversation, which David went all over the place and I just let him go. <laughs> so we met back in 2018, uh, him David, Mel and I, when we were part of the same networking group. And even back then we were chatting about keto. So David and I have kept in contact over the years through mostly through Facebook. Um, I'm part of his group. He's part of um, the Fabulously Keto Facebook group. So if you want to join us, um, come over to the Fabulously Keto Facebook group and you can join us there. Um, And he focuses very much on exercise and getting people moving. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to tell you a little bit about David. One thing I'll say before we go is that David's computer kept pinging and dinging and we couldn't find out how to stop it. So I'm afraid there are some pings and dings um, coming through. So let me tell you about David now. I'm a 64-year-old man from Bushy in Hertfordshire. I've been married to my best friend, Melanie, for 38 years. We've ha- we have two sons, Philip and Oliver, and an amazing daughter-in-law called Kirsty, who is the mother of our beautiful granddaughter, Chloe. I grew up in a typical northwest London Jewish household where food was often used as a bargaining chip. Generally, eat up and you'll get a treat when a young child, and then told to eat up as there are starving children who will be very happy to eat anything. At nine, it was discovered I was overweight and I was sent to the dietitian at the Royal Free who put me on a 1600 calorie a day diet and so started my yo-yo life as a dieter. Until I was in my mid-40s, I would gain and then lose weight trying all types of diets, including slim fast and herbal life. All worked well, but the moment I stopped, any weight I lost went back on. Mind you, it didn't help that I enjoyed cake and chocolates. I did enjoy playing badminton and cycling. Around this time, I was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid caused in part by the slim fast herbal life diets. Eventually, I knew things had to change. I was eating the so-called healthy diet of five a day, plus the required wheat and rice, etc. I was fortunate to be introduced to Professor Brostoff, a leading immunologist who recommended I stop following the recognised healthy diet 
as it wasn't healthy for me and introduced me to the Ducan diet, which was a revelation. I found by becoming gluten-free and on a relatively low-carb diet, my weight improved, as did my blood sugars and cholesterol. However, with all lifestyle changes, after a while I started to introduce other gluten-free foods, which meant my weight went up as I had no idea of the hidden carbs. Life continued until one magical day I was introduced to a keto lifestyle and it was like a light bulb went off in my head. These days I'm able to keep up an intense level of exercise, including running 10Ks, 10 milers, half marathons and in October a full marathon. I find that by following a keto lifestyle I never feel hungry and the selection of foods available is now first class. The fact I can do the level of exercise means that I can be featured most days on and in our daily social media posts for the Move for Wellness. Welcome, David, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Ah, We've known each other for quite a long time, haven't we? Just a few years. Yeah. And I must tell you, if there ever is going to be an advert for what keto does, then you have to look at your picture before and after. Yeah. You look fabulous. Thank you. That's why it's called Fabulously Keto. I feel fabulous. Not because I look, fa- I don't look fabulous, but I feel fabulous. And I, I think. Feel fabulous. You are, you, it glows from you. The eyes light up. Those people, and I always feel sorry for people who don't understand that we can control how we feel. And it's true, what we eat, our parents' generation, pre-let, you know, you eat are what you eat. But guess what? With all the fads, they're right. We eat yeah. rubbish. I will not swear. Otherwise you'll end up bleeping me. Uh, <laughs> but we have to, you know, people have to understand we can control our bodies. And if yeah. we can control our bodies, we can actually enjoy life. Yeah, definitely. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today. Let's find out where in the world you are. I'm in a little hamlet called Bushy, which is about a mile outside Watford, which is about 10 miles north of London. Excellent. It sounds much more posh. (laughs) I live in a hamlet. There's nothing here. Absolutely (laughs) nothing. There's more. I remember actually living up in the wilds of uh, Derbyshire for many years ago working for my family and it was Repton which is a public school so this village had two pubs a co-op and undertakers and that was it if you wanted anything I'd go to Nottingham or Birmingham now Mm. that really was the hamlet but I always remember this two pubs and they were mocked and so in winter it's lovely in winter it was a very bleak it was a bleak midwinter yeah we have nothing here no pubs no shops nothing Three miles to the nearest anything. Well, they said actually no, that is very nice because if you if you're into health as you are, you can walk, or you can run, or you can cycle to the shop. Actually, I don't. I don't. You do really good on your cycle. I don't do really. I don't do that very much because the roads are very narrow and the cars go very quickly. So I tend to stay in the garden and walk around the garden. I do walky around the garden like a teddy bear. Teddy bear, yes. <laughs> you put my post. My post. <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, we did a film yesterday on Reverse and Sit Out, and we did it to uh, had what you do with a drunken sailor. 
if you haven't listened to the for a long time since you were a child please listen to the what should we do with the drunken sailor and try not to laugh it's hilarious anyway we digress <laughs> so i thought maybe we could go back to maybe how you were before you found low carb keto and how you found it um go back as far as you need to go okay well put it this way when i was nine i was put on an 1800 calorie day diet by the, uh by great ormond street because i was like, I, I enjoyed things like uh the chocolate and the cakes and i, I came grew up in a church house also eat yeah it was yeah they're ch- starving children in africa you must eat it never occurs to anybody why are you going what the hell by the time you sent the food to them it'd be off oh, it's off but anyway that was so you grew up that was you know and they discovered because i had an accident on my bike that i was fine from the accident but i was overweight so i was on a diet from about nine years old and um, then i would lose the weight he went back on uh so it was a typical yo-yo and it was years later i was talking i went on to slim fast and herbal life i would lose the weight i would then uh play badminton three times a week so my weight would be coming off but a lot of it was governed by uh by exercise yeah and i was talking to my gp once because I, I literally my thyroid packed up and they said you're in starvation i said how can i be in starvation and it said that what happened was by going on to these crash diets, which were not cr- really good for me, mm. he said, well, doctor explained to me, when you start dieting, your metabolic rate is whatever it is from the food. You eat. Let's say it's 3,000 calories a day you're eating, you're consuming. And you go on this diet, you go down to 2,500 calories. Well, you lose the weight. But the body then goes, oh, that's our natural level, 2,500. But the trouble is, if you are eating the modern diet and enjoying snacks, you go to the McDonald's ever so often, you have a, a Nando's or whatever, KFC. Other brands are available. <laughs> and you eat fruits and all the other things. You're pounding on the calories. Not even see, even if you have the calorie-controlled food stuff, there was lovely ones Finders used to do, the Lean Cuisine and, you know, calories. It's only 295 calories. Well, actually, you this paper whenever this is going out, said that actually those numbers are often misleading. Yeah. Of chemicals, and yeah. every time you do this, you put the weight on, so you cut back, you go on to a different diet, you do this, you do that, and eventually your body goes, Go away, or what's that effect? We cannot die, and we are going, and it literally can't lose weight. But your body, instead of using the fat that's stored in your liver and your pancreas, because that's basically that's where it's stored, yeah, it doesn't actually shift it. So, I discovered I had mandractive thyroid. And they lied to me, the GP. He said to me, when we put you on your thyroxine, you will, your body will recover and you will lose weight. Anyone that's got an underactive thyroid generally doesn't lose weight from the thyroxine. All it's doing is controlling your body. You still have to, in those days, fight to get your weight down and keep it down. Yeah. And I remember having some issues. I was living the five, the, the healthy five-a-day diet. Yeah. Bread, potato, rye, pasta. And I'm getting more, every time I'd have pasta, I feel uncomfortable, I feel sick. And my sister was seeing a gentleman called Professor Brostov because she had issue with stone fruit. And she said, I think you should go and see him. So anyway, my GP wasn't going to allow it. And I said, look, I said, I can do it, on, I can do it privately. Oh, all right then, we'll do it. So I went off and saw him and he said, this is just the time the Duke diet came out. And he said, you've got an issue with wheat, gluten. 
And I also had an issue with rice, which made me itch the place I couldn't scratch. Not in public, anyway. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't like to do things normally. Anyway, so he said, I want you to try this. Come on, carb, uh, low carb for two weeks. And the first thing patient, which Mel said to me, how are we going to eat? What are you going to eat? Because in those days, now we are talking 20 years ago, there was no such thing as, as uh, carb-free, low-carb. Mm, it was things like the Cambridge at the time, the, you know, the soup, you know, very low-calorie, low-carb, no real science at the time. I mean, I know the Cambridge, for instance, has improved so much, and there's science to it, but, yeah, it wasn't that much. So I looked at this book and I realised there was lots of things that I could eat, but it was the hidden flour and wheat. That would be the killer. So we said also you're looking on shelves, you realize you can't have English mustard because it contains wheat flour. Yeah. You can have French mustard. And, and all the processed food that we were eating, that I was eating. And for two weeks I came, I was very, very evangelical about what I did. And amazing, I felt better. I lost weight. And obviously I was in ketosis at that point. So was that 20 years ago, you said? Wow. After, once you lose weight, you then, like everybody else, you then start relaxing. Yeah. And all that time, there were things like low-carb foods was coming out, the bread was coming out, and the snacks were coming out. And Mel, my wife, was making things like um, granola because it's healthy, but nuts, honey. Yeah. All the stuff that you think is good. My weight is going up, even though I'm training. And I didn't feel uncomfortable, you know, Having a bowl of having a granola in the morning with yogurt, so that was supposed to be really, really good for me, wasn't. And then I had to go to, we, you know, we were 4M, I went up to Milton Keynes, and there's a gentleman called Mark Brereson who had food. And he was talking about keto diets. And I said, what, Sorry, what was his name, Mark? Mark Brereson. I, uh, I know Mark. Yeah, Mark. Anyway, so he was, had on his thing a, a berry bake and he had pancakes. And said, you can have all of this, there's no gluten in it. Hmm? So very warily, I sort of tried to go, oh, that's quite nice. And then the next time, sorry, my knob fell down. And uh, the next time we got together, I tried a bit more. And I thought, wow. And then I realised that what I was eating was healthy for some, really wasn't healthy for me. Mm. Uh, at that moment in time, I made the decision to switch to purely keto lifestyle and I try not to say diet because it's not it's a lifestyle it's a choice yeah and whilst Mel couldn't really she needed she craved other things at the time other carbs I'm fine because I want to make a decision and we'll do something and I liked I liked the feeling that living on a low carb keto diet gives me yeah also learned that so when was this now where were we up to about three or four years ago uh, it was because it was the time, I think, when we... Probably first, four years ago. Yeah. So it, I just started on it. I think you were looking at it. And it is, no one really understood what keto was. It was considered a fad. Yeah. But at the same time, there was the other things coming out. I mean, I was watching things like The Biggest Loser, and they were talking about getting people to crash diet and exercise, the, the morbidly obese, you know, the people that would make me look like anorexic. Uh and they were getting them to exercise and they would come up for their diabetes medication or their sleep apnea medication. 
the only thing that couldn't be changed by going on to keto were things like thyroid conditions because that's all I've got. Uh, my GP concern, because I was reaching 60, so it was high. three years ago I went on to, four years ago I went on to keto because I had my 60th birthday blood tests, etc. And they were a bit concerned because my sh blood sugars had remained at 5.9 for about five years. So it's pre-pre-diabetic, but they were getting very concerned that 60 is one of these magic ages where you can suddenly switch into diabetes, type 2 diabetes, age-related. Mm -hmm. Also, my cholesterol had been slowly creeping up, but they weren't they had me off statins for years because they, they knew it didn't agree with me. And I'm very, I'm very lucky, I've got a very nice GP and who is not prepared to just dole out medicine if you can control it yourself. And me and the nurse, had a conversation, which basically went along the line, I'm not having the metformin. I'm not having all that stuff pumped into my body. If in a year's time, my blood sugars and my cholesterol are still as it is, then I will crash 800. And she looked at me and she said, what do you know about that, Mr. Bell? And I said, and I talked about it. She said, okay, let's just see how you go. But I think you'll find it's not going to be as good for you as it, as it sounds. Year later, I went back, had my bloods done, and all I got was a message from the GP was, David, just keep doing what you're doing. My blood sugars had come down, my cholesterol had come down, which is all they were looking for. Yeah. And over the last four years, I discovered certain things would push my cholesterol and blood sugars up. I tried adding forever living protein shakes to my diet, just to shake it up a bit. Yeah. And that didn't agree with me. The soy in it affected me different push my sugars and blood cholesterol up i discovered shellfish pushes my cholesterol up yeah like prawns etc and apparently it can do it yeah but i because i know it's perfect doesn't mean i can't have it it just means i don't i choose not to have it on a regular basis the same ways for 30 until 32 as a smoker i choose not to, i'm 64 in a couple of weeks time i choose not to smoke yeah. it's my choice i i control i do but I found by doing that, until you get things like viruses and things that you have, I have more energy. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the things I shouldn't have following the keto lifestyle is apples, hard fruit. But I allow myself to have one a day. And sometimes oh, I have two. But wow. never because I know it just sits in my gut. The same way as if I go out for an early morning run, I can't tolerate coffee in my body. Mm. If I exercise, it just sits there and just sloshes around. So I've learned to adjust my diet, my lifestyle accordingly. Yeah. I love it. I can have black dark chocolate. It's a beautiful little chocolate, 75% uh, cocoa powder. It's great. Yeah. A couple of slabs. That's enough to enough to fulfill me. And if I want to have a bit more, I'll have a bit more. But under keto, we have the most amazing lifestyle. I mean, the thermomix, which we haven't got, but we may get. They have some like 1,500 recipes, keto-based recipes. Yeah. And you go, this is not, this is now, and it, it's gone from being a fad to uh, um, skepticism to wow. And then you're getting people like Megan McKenna who uh, who go on to things like uh, MasterChef and go, I live a keto gluten-free life. And she's showing that you can actually make food that is beautifully tasty, but you don't need to have the, the, all the rubbish. I mean, years and years ago, I'm talking about, uh, in my 20s, I had a problem with my, my knee. 
And how did it look when I was in my teenage Osborne Slatters and Cindy Glasson when I was in my th about 13 or 14? And I said, more than I thought it might be the cartilage. And I went to see, I can't remember his name now, in Harley Street. And he said, you need to find David. What you need to do is lose weight. I sort of explained about diet and said, no, no, just cut saltate diet. And that was probably one of the first indication that my diet, my lifestyle, while seemingly healthy, yeah. actually was not healthy for my body. Yeah. I can't stop myself aging. I'm not going to turn around and say, I'm going to live forever. I don't want to live forever. <laughs> no, because there'll be no one left that you know. Some digest, uh, one of the people was in the paper, he worked with, helped us, he wrote all the diary keeper for Oscar Schindler at the camps, and he literally wrote everybody's name down and he was working with them. He was 109 when he died. Wow. There was something a veteran of D-Day, the one that died. And you think, that's marvellous, if you have all your faculties. Absolutely. But if the people that I love have gone, why would I want to live that length? Why would I want to be, I don't want to be at 85, a burden to worry to my granddaughter because she'll be in her 20, I don't want to worry, I want to worry about what stupid thing grandpa's doing now. But I don't want her to worry about grandpa, oh, he's got diabetes, or he's got this, or he's got that. He's got heart condition, I'm not really worried about grandpa. Yeah. Listen, the envelope I'm in is borrowed. When my time, when I get evicted, I'll get evicted. I'm not going to stop that happening, but I can enjoy the life that I have at the moment to my best advantage. Yeah. And I say it's about um, living a good quality of life. Hmm. And then it's like, just fall off the cliff. I'm just going to drop dead, sit down in my chair one night, go to sleep and not wake up. I don't want to be deteriorating over the next 20 years. It's going to be interesting over the next 20 or 30 years as more and more people discover that actually the processed food that they sell is poisoning us. And I honestly believe the fast food, the pharmaceutical, they're all together. Because Absolutely. They, they give us this process. I, said, I can't remember his name, Zander, one of the, the yeah. brothers, he did yeah. that experiment last year. Zander he, and Chris, yeah. He did that. And then they did all the, the, the measurements before. He went on the farm on the fast food diet, as he called it, the packy food, pizzas, everything. You know, like Morgan Spurlock did it in America. And he when well, they did one test that they didn't do in America, they did a brain scan before he started. And after a month, they've done all these at these, they've done these sort of things before where they've had athletes going to eat normally, and they loved it for about a week and about comfortable afterwards. He had put on whatever it was, a stone and a half in a month. His BMI got through the roof, his cholesterol. And then they did the blood, they did the brain scan. And they could see new neuro, new pathways, synapses had been formed since he'd been on the diet. This bottom. After a month, the weight had come down, his, his, his BMI, everything was back to normal, close to normal. But his brain hadn't reverted. Mm. And I remember again reading, I've been on the Ducan diet at the time, that they put the chemicals, they may turn around and say, well, we can't say which one it is, but it's all beef patty. Yeah, okay, and people complain what parts of the cows that come from. It's that's not what you have to worry about. It's the chemicals that are in the sources which trigger the hunger mechanism in your brain. So if you're on a train and someone's eating uh, a fast food, the smell 
Yeah. And I remember I, it's reverse for me. It's like when I gave up smoking, if I could smell stale cigarettes and someone's clothing actually felt sick, which I hadn't noticed when I was a smoker. If I walk past one of crispy cramps, the smells of the sugar make me feel sick. Yeah, so I don't like that. And it's amazing, but you don't notice that when you're living that eating. And so the processed food diet, even the so-called healthy options, are so full of chemicals that they are poisoning us. So yeah. you, you put weight on, you go to the GP, and the first thing the GP does is gives you some medication to stop it. Now, you and I disagree about the, the uh, vaccine. I've had it, you haven't, but that's our choices. Absolutely. And that's how it should be. But the one thing we'll never disagree about is the poison that they're selling in the shop is more dangerous to people than COVID. It is more dangerous. It is as bad for you as smoking. Not everyone is going to succumb to uh, type 2 diabetes or Alzheimer's or dementia, but so much of it is linked. I mean, they did this study in Japan after the Second World War. They discovered that before the Second World War, when they lived a much healthier lifestyle, the people were shorter, but there was no cancer, very rarely cancer, there was no heart conditions. It was a healthy lifestyle. The Once the American diet came aboard, which we talk about McDonald fast food diet, the average height has gone up by about a foot. There are record, compared to previous, there are record numbers of cancer, heart conditions, diabetes, because, and we all laughed at the Americans, these big fat Americans, you know, in the Bermuda shorts, waddling around, supersize me. Well, because we travel, we all want to have that supersized lifestyle. Mm. There's a price to pay for everything. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have a burger ever so often. That's your choice. That's a poison choice, poison. But but you've got to you need to work off that before you have that. No one, unless you're running or you're swimming or you're walking or you're exercising, you cannot burn those calories that you're consuming. Even even with the exercise, there there's a limit to how much you can burn compared to what you eat. You you there is a limit. But what's fascinating is. Because my exercise, because of move for wellness, I'm doing more exercise and I'm running a lot more. My body is adjusted according. So it means because I'm on a, I go basically fast 12 hours a day by choice from about 7:30 in the evening to about 7:30 in the morning. I don't eat. Yeah. So before you go on to that, what what does your daily eating look like? Uh, it's generally I start with what I call a berry bake which is a lovely thing. It's, I love this. It's, it's made of du- double cream, sour cream, uh, cream cheese, lemon. It's like a cheesecake without a base. Mm. I have those every morning with a bit of cheese. I love cheese. Lots yep. more cheese. I love yep. that. So then I'll have a bit of peppermint tea, then I'll have a couple of cups of coffee. My, my body works for more than two coffees. That's it, finish. And then nothing till lunchtime when I will have, uh, I'll have to make up a tuna, uh, mix up some tuna with mayonnaise and some chili paste and use a lettuce wrap or I will have some uh, chicken breast or something like that or I'll make myself an egg wrap which are great yeah it's a, a literally break a, a, a single egg into a frying pan cook it like an omelette let it cool off and you can use it as a, 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 a you would do a wrap so you can put any, anything into it so it's quite cool mm-hmm. I'll have an apple and uh, use a couple of bits of chocolate and then nothing till dinner, then it'd be things like uh, chicken, or there'll be fish, or be a spag bowl without the spag, 
Actually, years and years ago, when I used to have, uh, when I first started, I had to send my son down to Portsmouth for an interview for the university. And we had to try to find something to eat because it didn't have nothing there. So we offered to a spot you like. <laughs> I said, can I have, can I have uh, uh, this without the spud, please? And they looked at me and I said, they said, what do you mean? I said, well, so I ended up having a spud you like without spud uh, <laughs> because I, I chose not to. But it, it, it was much harder, as I said, in those days. So, but, oh, yeah, we'll have a glass of wine on a, on a Saturday night. I, I One bit of processed food I do have, but I only land myself once a week. Is a, I love a magnum, a mint magnum. It's, it's just a treat. Yeah. And I have one every day. I'll have berries if I'm hungry. I'll have uh, blueberries with some uh, coconut yogurt because again, that's that's within the, what we can we we can consume quite comfortably. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's to my mind, obviously, I always get bored. No, because sometimes I have for breakfast, I'll have smoked salmon, scrambled eggs, and mushrooms. Well, I'll poached eggs. Well, I've bought. There's lots of things you can eat. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, I just find roughness in the mornings. Yeah, by the time I get to the evening, I'm actually half the time not even hungry, but I know I have to eat because otherwise I can't fuel my body. Yeah. So you you founded Move for Wellness. Tell us tell us a little bit about that and then because then that will lead nicely into all the exercise you're doing. Okay. Well actually Move for Wellness, which we found uh, February last year, actually was the following through another campaign I did, which was called the 365 Challenge which was great, except no one actually understood what we were trying to do. They loved it. They said, great. well done, David. Excellent. And, it, and people were having a freak out, the idea of doing three exercises, 60 seconds each, five minutes, five, uh, five times for a day. They couldn't do it. And so we were losing people not to do it. The aim was to get people exercising and enjoying life because there are four ways of getting endorphins up. One is exercise. One is laughter. One of us is happiness and sex. Well, I'm not prepared to talk about other people about that, that side of thing. But I, what I can do is help people laugh and exercise. And then we had the lockdowns. And it reached a point where people were paying. And someone said to me, what are you trying to do, David? So I said, well, why get people moving? I said, that's right. I said, why are three six five? That's all that. And she said, look at me. I live in a flat in Cardiff. I have various medical conditions. I cannot, sometimes getting out of bed and walking around the room is a victory for me. Mm. I'm not going to do what you're talking about. But if you could do something where it's a simple exercise, but it's not really had to think about it, then that would be great. Then we had the lockdowns and Uncle Joe Wicks, the country's PT and all these fabulous PTs, I know a lot of them, but took their classes online. Yeah, I'm fairly active. Well, I got bored. I can't do these classes every day. And I was doing stuff at home, and after a while, I got lost interest. It was a lovely Sunday, day, but I started to run. So it occurred to me that if we could do something, an exercise on a daily basis, change it every day, lasting 2 minutes, 21 seconds, and the reason we've got 2 minutes, 21, apart from 2021, 20, is that's how long a tweet, a film on Twitter can last. 2 minutes, 20 seconds. That's it. You don't get any longer. If you can do, you may be frightened about a 20 minute, half hour class with Uncle Joe, but are you going to be worried about? Can you manage two minutes, 21 seconds? Yeah. And um, we put it out there, and we've got about 100,000 people now around the world taking part. And I get, I get messages saying, What's happened to today's, where's today's episode, David? What are we doing? 
And the nice thing is when I had my I had a cataract surgery, others took over and they said, look, okay, David, we're gonna do it. And others were posting. But I, what I wanted to do was reach everybody, young, old, physical or able-bodied, non-able. And we've got a lovely lady called Nancy Ezekiel in, who lives just outside Texas, who unfortunately suffers or has Ellis-Danlos syndrome. Now, for those who don't know, this is where you get very floppy joints, hypermobility, it's all part of the same thing. Mm. And people who have Ellis-Danlos, if they have an injury, often causes repercussions. Now, Nancy was a teacher. And she got knocked over by a charge that was about 100 pounds heavier than she is. And she fell over and damaged her back. And at the time, she didn't know she had accidents. Within a month, she was in a wheelchair. She had other physical illnesses, conditions as well. And she started watching this and she said, and she said, this is great. I said, she said, I go to the gym, a lot of what you're doing is all I do. I said, well, can, what about if can you join us and adapt what we do every day? for the not so able body and that's what she does and somebody on twitter said i would love you to do more for not for the not so able bodied yeah i went back to him and i said have you watched nancy so what do you mean i said nancy is disabled and she's doing this and he went thank you so much i didn't realize and we so we've got people who are able-bodied and we've got people who are not so able-bodied doing exercise mm-hmm this morning uh did a pt session and we finished off filming it and it's butterfly crunches and literally i'm lying on the floor let's yeah and we're doing it so it's never that i'm 64 so i'm limited myself i can't do the ups and downs and the burpees and all the other things because my blood pressure goes there and <laughs> my body goes to get stuff so i don't need it so we adapt to what i can do yeah so friday we basically did two minutes of marching on the spot, high knee march on the spot. But if all you can do is do just st- shuffling steps, then you do them. Absolutely. Whatever you can do. And we've had people saying, I said, oh, I've done, I can't do it more. Do it as many times as you like. That's today's exercise. But if you want to come up with a new exercise, come up with a new exercise. And also people started playing music with their exercise. I thought, this is quite cool. But me being me, I don't like to do normal music. So when we did yesterday, I did what you were the drunken sailor. Uh, <laughs> we've done the uh, round around the garden. What for March? It's just stupid music, but sometimes it actually just like stops me. And I just laugh because it's just the, the words. You don't realise how silly the words are. <laughs> uh, but the other side, of what we're doing with for honestly has a more serious option. We're trying to raise money. We want to raise eventually three hundred sixty-five thousand pounds. And the reason we've got that number is because again, it's 365 days of the year. And we're going to be doing two things. We do two things with the money. The first part is what we're doing already, which is supporting the Talking Cafe initiatives. This is amazing place, usually at the bottom of churches or stuff. But people have menopausal conditions, drug dependency, LGBTQT concerns, bereavement, PTSD. They can go free of charge, have a coffee, talk to counsellors. But they need to have money to make them run. Yeah. So we're, they can't get charitable status. And we tried, I tried for a long time to get charitable status of what we're doing. And it explains to me I'd never have it because we don't tick the boxes. Yeah. What we're trying to do doesn't exist, so they can't we can't get a number. So we are a not-for-profit. And in fact, this year we will convert to what's called a CIS, CIC, which is 
very very tough but you have to do so for so many things but you are very close to a charity as you can be without being a charity mm. uh, the other thing we're going to do is doesn't exist and this is where the real money is going to come in we want to open up what i call oasis of calm now for children who have various conditions there are serenity rooms sensory rooms but there aren't anything for adults so can you imagine where you are you want you're feeling really angry it's a friday afternoon or wednesday afternoon you've had the day the week the month from now mum's not well brother's not well business isn't there and you're literally ready to kill someone or yourself because you're so stressed you're angry yeah so go to the pub we're going to have imbibing certain substances but can you imagine going to a place in the local town just called the oasis and in that you go in there you hand over all electronic devices and you go into a sensory room and you choose the music the sound there's a punch bag in there which you can punch to just get the anger and it's free for an hour it's totally free if at the end of the hour you're still angry it means that there are other underlying issues that need to be resolved mm. you need a, basically you need a massage just to try help just uh, yeah and um, again that's that that can be done very happily free of free of to use or it needs you need to actually find the counselor because as i discovered on 39 issues that happen when you're 14 15 16 take years to surface mm. i mean we had this years ago with gary speed the football manager what no one knew was the abuse he suffered as a teen, as a, a, a young child uh, uh, in one of the teens where uh, he was abused, but he blocked it, he blocked it, he blocked it. And then something, he saw Paris or something on TV or something, and it triggered all the memories and it over, overwhelmed him and just took his own life. Yeah. And that is something that we can try and resolve, help people move forward and just find closure because someone said to me what you have to do when you have counseling is you take it's like an, an, an onion not shrek onion version but this is where literally you have to close each leaf down you resolve the issue at that point you close it down you resolve the next and, and eventually you can close that once you resolve those issues the memory cannot hurt you yeah and for some people like people like me that memory spurs me on to want to help others improve their lives yeah and um, i can only do what i do because i'm stupid but if if i make people laugh on a friday by prancing around or i run around when i go as you know run around if they see me tutu yeah now that was done originally as a dare so someone bet me 50 quid i wouldn't do it and all of a sudden i noticed people were watch seeing me and i was getting well the, i was people noticing and i thought wow hold on a minute they don't see a 63 year old running no one sees anyone who's running you know you see young people running unless they've got their young ladies with legs up to that yeah yeah as my my younger son calls them or they're stunningly or they are adonis people don't notice runners yeah but you see someone wearing a tutu and i proved i had to go i proved it worked if i go out now i will get at least one or two cars hooting or people say well, is it well done keep going I've had that on bus, bus stop the other week. Some two old ladies might be younger than me. I don't know, but she looked older. <laughs> oh, well done, young man. Hold a minute, <laughs> and she keep going. Yeah. And I did the Great Science Run last year, and which I know about 10 miles. Before, lovely. I'm just really peeing off that. I, I, I could have gone faster and I realized that I actually 
by walking the last bit that actually slowed me down. I could, I could have managed it, I don't know. And there's a girl wearing a tutu, a bright orange tutu. And I'm wearing a blue one. And I said, why are you wearing that? She said, well, I'm doing something to raise awareness about food allergies or dietary, I think. And she said, I keep seeing some old, fa- old man on Facebook wearing it. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Now, I'm not going to say I'm unique. I came up with it because it, it, things like the Race for Life will have people wearing tutus. People have worn them. But I've become known as the man in the tutu. Yeah. I'm constantly wearing that small excuse. I put on a purple tutu to do today's session. It becomes a focal point. Yeah. So if I can make people laugh just by wearing a tutu, and then they say, what's it about? I can talk to them. Yeah. I can't go up to someone in the street and go, hey, have I told you about keto? Or have I told you about exercise? Are you on that? Can you get the police, please? He's a nutter. He's talking to me about a dietary lifestyle. Excuse me, why are you wearing a tutu? I'm pleased you asked me that question. <laughs> he was. So, yeah, so, that's what I know as the man of the tutu. It's great for Yeah. Around everyone, drink lots of water. Yep, me too. And I, and I, said, I don't realize if you, you know, it sounds weird. You, I remember saying, doctor saying years ago, because I was dehydrated. And she said, well, how, much, how much water do you drink? And I went, well, I have coffee. No, no, water. Well, I have flavored water. No, no, water. So I mean, she said, well, those are a couple of chemicals. Water. W A T E R. What part? I know you're old, David. She laughed. She said, I said, she said, just start drinking water. <laughs> Gotta hydrate your body. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing when you start, people start telling you these things that you've forgotten. I mean, one of the things about the whole thing with COVID is we've forgotten so many of the rules over the years that actually keep us healthy. Washing your hands. How many of us actually forgot how to wash our hands properly? How many of us just did a quick cursory glitz under the water? Yeah. How many of us actually remember years ago, they, if you had a, a, a virus that opened the windows, let the fresh air in? I, I, you, you don't have to crowd into people like this because you want to get to the shelf. Give people room to, to breathe. So we've forgotten. So, so from, key, from COVID, actually, we can live a much better life. Yeah. If we choose to, we can either run around like headless chickens, go, oh, 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 or we go, well, I'm in control of my life. I choose not to be, uh, be dictated to. I choose to live healthily. And it goes yeah. back to keto, it goes back to exercise, it goes back to everything. It is our choice how we live. Yeah. We cannot tell people what to do, they've got to choose, and they've got to come to this at that point. And all you can do with, with fabulously keto, and I can do with exercise, is if they want to know, then we can tell them and we can show them the difference. I know. The Jackie that I first met four years ago, three, four years ago, is not the same Jackie now. I, well, yes, and no. the most amazing person yeah. in changing people's lives, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, bit by bit. Oh. That's all we can do is try and help people that are that want to be helped. Because anybody that doesn't want to be helped, you can't help. Um, it's the same as smoking. If you're not ready to give up smoking, you won't give up smoking. People who I love dearly, that one uh, one's on that met forming, and I said to him, "All you gotta do is crash. You're, you you really, you could do it, and you come off it." No, my nurse tells me I'm not. I'm, I can't. It's not good for me. He's using the crutch of the metformin. Uh, other people go, "Oh no, I, I like my food. I can't give up." 
Yeah. And I told you it's going to take these people major medical conditions before they give up or change their lifestyle. Yeah, and maybe they won't. And and they I, mean, it. I mean, my amazing wife for years said, I'll lose weight when I'm ready to lose weight. And all of a sudden she said, I want to do it. And for, for her, she can't follow the keto lifestyle while we live it. It wasn't quite right for her. She needed other things, accountability. I mean, on, on the keto, we're accountable to ourselves. Yeah. But other people, they need that. So she's she joined a friend of hers who, who runs a, one -to -one, a Cambridge one-to-one diet, one -one diet, and it works for her as an accountability, but she mixes it with a keto lifestyle as well. So she has part of that in the morning, but she has the rest of the time on the keto. And she's losing weight, and she's happier, but she had to want to do it. Yeah. Didn't matter how much an actor. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I have the same with Julian. He's type two diabetic. He's on metformin. He's on a whole host of blood pressure medication. He knows what I do. He knows that it works for me. I, I can't say for him, but he he's just not and he smokes as well. And he's not willing to give any of it up. And I can't I can't do anything about that. That's his choice. The trouble is if we start shouting at people, and that's what it sounds like. It was uh, the old-fashioned cartoon. No one hears it. But the moment there's a, a, a that door opens and they step through the door and they suddenly realise there's a much nicer world if you're prepared to step through that. You've got to step through that door. Yeah. A conscious effort to change. If they do that, now... With Julia, if the NHS, NHS uh, diabetes clinics are right, we want you to change. We want to take you off at metformin. We want you to go on to the 800 diet. And because he's being told to by the doctor, he will do it. He will resent every day because it's rabbit food. Yeah. I mean, it's an old expression. Oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, oh, you're a rabbit food. Yeah. Yeah, he won't do that. He would never do that. So, it's but, too hedonistic to do that. Well, as I said, all we can do is if you you're touching that's dreadful, but, not, but if you're touching saving one person, changing one person's life, you can change the world. That's what yeah. you do. Yes, yeah. one one person at a time. Some degree, I am as well because if we are affect changing one person, two people's lives, and they then talk to other people, who talk to other people, it's the butterfly effect. Absolutely. And you are the best, you and others like Mark are the best exponents of keto lifestyle because they only have to look at you. And you would do great, very a great favor to show before you went on that lifestyle, this change of lifestyle and how you look now. And that is where the difference is. And I love it because well, you can't be 63, 64. I am. But you don't look it. No. I look at people like Paul Weller, who's the same age as me, he looks old. I don't want to be that old person looking. I don't want to look my age. I don't want to pretend I'm not because guess what? I hurt. There's, you know, there, I've hurt every one of my 64 years of pain, you know, of having to stretch because it hurts. Yeah. I can't stop, as we said, we can't stop what's going to happen. The pro our, our envelopes are programmed to live. Yes. What happens, happens. But whilst we are in these envelopes, we have a choice. And our choice is you can enjoy it to the best of your ability, 
listen, I can't turn around and say to you tomorrow, I'm not going to get up down and that's the start of, of a whole range of stuff. Mm, no. I, can't, I can't make the world different. I can only make me different. Yeah. And that's what I care about at the end of the day. I do not want to be a burden to my family. I don't want to be the one of these people in their 80s who literally is something that they worry about. Yep. Because a lot of people like that. I see my mother-in-law who's 85. Is okay, she's slowing down a bit. But she's an amazing woman. And she lives her life the way she wants to. Yep. And it, her brain is active and it's great. And long may it stay, stay that way. Mm. That's the way to live. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we all, you know, we don't get to 85 and then things start breaking down all of a sudden. That's taken decades to... I mean, we've seen this now with her, that slowly but surely she's slowing down. Her body is slowing down. Uh, but we, uh, she hurt her knee a, few, uh, a couple of years ago before COVID and she was walking with a stick and she hated it. And we said, look, we're going to go to... Do you want to come start? We are going on holidays. Do you want to come with us? Be the last, you know, last holiday abroad. Okay. Well, then you know we'll be happy. That. So we went to Cyprus. We, we went to the hotel, love it, Medi Beach. We're going to go back there later on the year. And there was wonderful pause, some steps into the water. And slowly but surely, every day I coaxed her to come and sit and put, sit on the side. Yeah. And then I got her to get into the water. And by the end of the holiday, she didn't need her stick. And she felt really, she had confidence to walk. And we noticed during lockdown that she lost the confidence to go on the bus. Yeah. Uh, one day the car broke down. She came down to stand the weekend. And I just said, get the bus down, Mum. It's a nice day. I'll meet you. So she did. So the confidence is there. But we were, we're managing, helping her manage her life, that she enjoys the freedom that she needs, but knowing that we're around if she needs it. Mm. And you know, it's, well, she and I, will, she, she loves all the sh- interesting food that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know what she's 85 she's entitled to have what she wants yeah and she's yeah. entitled to have her little foibles any geosyncrasies that we will laugh about yeah at that what? age yeah. yeah my mum's fairly low carb but she's she's not all the time and uh, i have to i have to sort of bite my tongue and so but I don't say anything because, yeah, she's coming up to 80 and who knows how long she's got left and why should I stop her having that? Enjoy it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 she'll help me for things, but she loves things like Naked Attraction. I will not watch that program, but she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's great. That, you know, it, it's, I, I keep saying she, where she lives, it'll close to all sort of the older people. It's like, it's like Rosemary's Baby. They all dance around the cauldron. She said, no, we don't dance. Trust me, we can't dance at our age. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's how you should be living life. Yeah. Not under fear. I mean, I've, I, I really despair with people because they're so worried about the future. They're not living now. Yeah. Well, oh, God, electricity is going up. Gas is going up. Yes, it is. Worrying about it is going to change anything? No, you can't do anything about that. Greta uh, Thunberg and her, co- her cohorts. We've got to stop people. Driving, we've got to change the world. Yeah, Brett. Yeah. At the moment, I'm sorry to go political, but this is just hilarious. They, they're demonstrating uh, blockading the petrol depots. Yes. Uh, there's one at Bunsville, which is not, it's about 15 miles from here. Now, I know Bunsville 
The only way you're going to get there is by car, which means all these protesters, these eco-zealots, have had to either be bust in or driven to a depot, which means they've burnt carbon. Yeah. They don't seem to understand. And we cannot change the world. We can't go back to what we were pre-industrial revolution because it ain't going to happen. No. And they get rid of their mobile phones. No, no they won't. Yeah. Don't they understand a mobile phone does more damage to the atmosphere? Will they give up their McDonald lifestyle or KFC lifestyle? No, they won't. Yeah. It's, they it's all very hypocritical. It's but, totally hypocritical. But, but David, 10,000 years ago, we came out of an ice age. That means that the world must have been further away from the sun than we currently are is it not possible that the world is just moving a bit nearer to the sun and causing all this warm global warming i have a theory which is really is a dodgy theory i think you understand right now i do get this weird theories that in the 50s and 60s and 70s and even the 80s mankind were testing atomic bombs below and above the atmosphere yeah that's great talk it's great thing oh russia got we've got to have um, Okay, the wrongs and the rights of it can be argued by people. But my theory is they've just affected the atmosphere and the, the air above by the and they've shifted the Earth's access by a million, micron, whatever it is, just churned it off because the season started getting later. So spring wouldn't happen in March, it would happen in April. Winter doesn't come, we don't generally get snow in December, we get it in January. And I think the global warming is the body, the, the, the planet is just adjusting itself because it's been here a lot longer than mankind. It'll be here a lot longer than mankind. Absolutely. That's um, what I say. There's nothing wrong with the world. The world will survive. Maybe humans won't survive. That's, a, that's another, you know, we could be extinct. That's another and you know what, option, I, but the world will continue to turn and the world could, trees will continue to grow. I mean, they were filmed in the 50s, uh, the world, day the world stood still. And that's literally stopped, they had to restart the uh, earth spinning. But after they lifted the lockdown, the first lockdown last year, the first thing they allowed to be open were the fast food joints. If you remember, there were queues of miles and miles and miles of car. Oh. But next morning, I went out for a run along the A41. The bins were overflowing with the rubbish that people couldn't be able to take home. Yeah, that annoys me. And you think these are the same people that don't understand. You can't. You might protest about global warming, but unless we take care of our own environment, I mean, what's it? The thing in the paper? They are finding face masks that everyone insisted we had to wear because it protected us. No, it didn't kill us because you're breathing. You're not supposed to breathe out. Nature has this great filtration system. It's called trees. Yeah, centuries. We have breathed out. Yeah. The trees absorb it because that's what they need to, grow, to thrive. And they give us oxygen back. We don't need any freaking face masks breathing in our own rubbish. Anyway. All that paper, all that paper and it, plastic. Well, I kept saying bits of masks left on the ground. People couldn't even take masks home. They've gone to shops right on the ground. They're finding that now in the oceans. What part, I know it was all about the, we've got to stop the microplastics. We, if we stop the big stuff, we could actually stop the little stuff. I've read some of it that they're now, I think in Spain, are actually outlaw people smoking on the beach. 
because they're finding people stuffing out the cigarettes, the butts, into the beach. Sam, I used to years ago when I smoked, I thought about it. Yeah. And now they're actually trying to try and ban smoking on the beach, which isn't a bad thing. But we've got to, it's not everything. We have to stop. We need to take a stand and say, okay, what are we doing that's right? What are we doing that's wrong? Us personally. Not the government, not the global world. We can't stop Russia being and evading another country and destroying it because they of Putin's megalomania. We can't stop that. We can't stop religious zealots killing each other over whose God is better. We can only control what we can control. So we have people. Everyone needs to do this. Needs to stop. Look around. Do I enjoy the lifestyle I'm living? If you are, that's great. If you don't enjoy the lifestyle you're living, what do you want to change? Yeah. Because everything is linked together. You can't suddenly say, I'm going to stop smoking, but not change the rest of your lifestyle. I'm not going to stop eating, drinking alcohol. But you have to change other things as well. Because it's, I know, I know when people become, they stop alcohol, they have fun another, or drugs. They become evangelical about something else, and they're really pushing that because that's what they need. They're addicted. They're addicted nature. But we have to start somewhere. And uh, if you, with keto, me, what I do, if we can just stand there and say we're a signpost, this is what you can. If you follow the sign over there, this is the lifestyle that you could enjoy if you choose to live that way. Which does mean being courteous to people. It does mean not dumping crap on the floor and you take the rubbish home with you. It does mean avoiding eating the processed food. It does mean exercising. It doesn't mean you don't have ice cream. It doesn't mean you don't have alcohol. You can still have all that, but you have to choose to live a different lifestyle. Mm. Or you can carry on back to where you were in the world that you don't enjoy. But you have to make that choice. Yeah. And don't, I can't make it for you. You can't make it for anybody else. So don't become evangelical and tell people you've got to live this way. The one thing I love about what you do is you're not telling people that you've got to live my way. What you're saying to me, this is the way I live. This is the way I choose to live my life, have my lifestyle. Why don't you try it? Yeah. If you enjoy it. And that's all as human beings we can do. We can change one person. Yeah. If yeah. we're lucky, you know, if we're yeah. lucky. Yeah, well, I, I, actually, before we started, a friend told me I know 55 died. Yeah. And we're all going to die. As I said, the envelope eventually wears out. The phrase at the age should be pop up. And when I die, if I, all that happens is people say, you know what? He was, he, he, he could be very silly. He could be a bit edgy. But you know what? He, at least he tried to make a difference. Yeah. Pretty damn good that one. My granddaughter's going, you know what? Papa was a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He did stupid things, but he actually helped. That's, to my mind, is the only thing we can do. The memory, that's the only memory you can have to live after you. That's, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. So, David, before we finish, and mm -hmm. um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't spoken about? I think we've covered we, We've put the world to right. <laughs> we have. Uh, we not have over a pint and a, and a fag. We've had over a yeah. Over some water, bottles of water. As I said, just keep, I'm, listen, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if people want to follow what we're doing and take part, that's great. Yeah. So how how can people find you well, on? I'm pleased to say that. I'm pleased I'll call this up all And also, how can they support 
Move for Wellness. We're across all social media. Yes, we are. How do you know that? Because we do. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And Twitter is Move Wellness 21. We're on Instagram, Move for Wellness 21. We're on YouTube, Move for Wellness 21. Uh, I think we're on Pinterest. I don't know. I've got, I, I, I actually I have no idea how, how this stuff works. Uh, we've got the website, uh, which is lovely. You just have to upgrade it. Again, we had an issue with our previous website because somebody who was hosting went bust and didn't tell us that they had gone bust. So we had to re- redevelop it again. Hence why when I think you said to me, what's on your website? It was, the problem was we didn't know how to get it back, but we got it back after much screaming and much me abusing my illness to get, get the website back over, which is another, another more interesting conversation about how the stupidity of of a system where they're based in Thailand who don't speak English does, that's another story. Anyway, so we've got the website, which is www.moveforwellness.co.uk, or we have a YouTube, uh, we have a Just Giving page, which is where we do that, which is HTTPS, I have to say this bit, apparently I'm obliged to say that these days, for whatever, dot, dot, slash, slash, uh, maninatutu.co.uk. Uh, maninatutu.co.uk. And that takes us to the Just Giving page. And that well, that's one update. So at the moment, I every year I set a new challenge for myself. And this year it is a virtually 4,000, 4, whatever it is, across America, east to west across America, starting at a place called West Quaddy Point Lighthouse, which is right in the far east. It's the first point in America. In Maine, somewhere like that. Um, some of that. And I'm going across America virtually. Uh, at the moment, I think I'm just in Westchester County in, in New York. I'll go, come through there. And I'll end up at some point at Point Arena in California, which is basically on, on the other side of the country, the furthest point east. West. At some point in probably December. That'd be 400, that 3,488 miles. And a replay next year, which will be north to south in Canada. So starting up right up in Alaska and virtually travelling all the way down to, to the border. Right. And so we just do the and to my mind so yeah that's so that's updated regularly. It's updated on Facebook. On Facebook we've got I think it's 700 uh, members, which is not bad since February last year. I was gonna say you've got a Facebook group as well, Move for Wellness. And we ask anybody that joins to please post positivity. Hmm. Now, I may be the founder, but it's not my group. It is a group for everyone to get in. The only time I had to ban someone was when they started flogging cryptocurrency. I won't have that because it's not part of what we're doing. Uh, I was very sorry. I had to tell them. I said, I'm very sorry. I can't do this. But it's helpful. No, it's not because some people get offended. I get offended by trying to sell me cryptocurrency. I'm not interested in Bitcoin. It's not good as far as I'm concerned for me. Anyway, the, the, the group is about wellness and it's about moving. Correct. So please join us. Uh, we po- I post, but other people post. We've got people to EFT. They've got other ones that post film of sea, just to see crashing. It's lovely. I know, like, Jackie, you'll be posting stuff very shortly, hopefully about keto. Yeah. Because we want people to, because that's the way of sharing. And there's no fees, nothing. It'll, never, it'll always be a free resource. Everything we put on there is about freedom, uh, is about enjoying the life. Yeah. Uh, how life is about. That's it. Great. That's- so leave us with your three top tips. <sighs> okay. 
Avoid processed food. Yeah. Enjoy a low-carb, keto-style lifestyle because that will help you enjoy life. And get out. Actually, can I do four? You can do four. Laugh. Every day, find a reason to laugh. It's one of the greatest exercises. And then go for a walk. Run if you want to, but find trees and let the nature give you a positive energy that the trees give off. You can absorb it. As I said, just laugh. F- find a reason every day to have a laugh. Even if it's, yeah, there's laughter, yoga, it's, laugh, it's awesome. There's laughter for the laughter session. Your abs will hurt you if you're laughing correctly. Laughter is a great medicine. Yeah, agreed. And you have to find reasons to laugh. Oh, it doesn't God. necessarily come easily. Uh, one of the things that I've been married now, well, I've been with Mel 44 years. So we've been married 38 years, 39 years. And there are things that we laugh about that nobody else would know, would find funny. But it's things that we find funny. Yeah. And we'll say something. And last night, literally, we heard something, a friend of mine had died. And we were watching a program, and Oliver, our son, just said something and it just cracked me up and from that point <laughs> it was just laughter and if you're laughed laughing the sadness goes away yeah you can't hold the two but if you need to have a cry at some point again there's nothing wrong with you know you could watch a film and all of a sudden you start to cry and people just say oh i'm so sorry you need that to release that emotion from inside you because that again is poisoning you. Because there was a fact, if you are stressed, you put weight on because the body holds everything in. Absolutely. Stress is massive. Laugh, cry. Never be frightened to hug someone you know. Don't hug people you don't know. <laughs> but if you know someone, give them a hug. Tell yeah. them, love them. If they don't, yeah, just. Enjoy life. And that's all we can do. We've got one life to live. You can either worry about the world and worry about everybody else, or we can actually say, sod everything else. I'm living my life to the best of my ability. Yeah. Well, you and Mel look like you're having fun a lot of the time when I see you. Well, we try to, especially <laughs> fun. It's fun. But then we've got a lovely great granddaughter. She's three, she's three and a half. And, yeah. Oh, gosh. I remember when she was born. Yeah. So it, it's when you. All of a sudden, the dynamics change. And as much as I love my uh, boys, I really do. They are really good men. The difference, there's a different uh, dynamic between a grandparent and a grandchild. Mm. And I remember the moment I saw her play for the first time, it was like a thunderbolt. Yet my daughter-in-law's father couldn't relate to her for six months because she wasn't doing anything. And my daughter was getting really, really unhappy about this. Why can't dad be the same as you? That's because I'm me. Don't put pressure on him. When she starts doing things, he'll, and that was it. As soon as she started doing things and showing interest in doing bits and pieces, that was the moment he... It, but there's a different dynamic, and it's lovely. Uh, but the great thing is we give them back. Yeah, <laughs> the why, that's the reason why we have children when we do. <laughs> we can handle that. But it's so funny, I look back now and go, how the hell did we manage that with the children when they were yeah. small? You just do. We do. And that's how David, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jackie. Hopefully I didn't bore anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sure not. There's some good nuggets in there. Please, Jackie, keep doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring people to, to try a new lifestyle. Yeah, I will. And you too. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. David has set up the Move for Wellness 21 movement to get people moving. And I think this is really important. I don't think you have to do any formal exercise, but you do need to move. If you think back to prehistoric times, we would have been living outside in caves. We would have been moving. We would have been searching for food. We would have been doing things um, all the time moving. You know, even just going to the toilet would have been squatting down, going to the toilet, not sitting on a seat. And I think our modern day lifestyle quite often um, leads us to be very sedentary, i.e. sitting on our chairs at our computer, sitting in front of the TV. You know, caveman didn't have a TV to sit and watch. So I think we need to try and bring some of that prehistoric man into our daily lives. And we need to remember to keep moving. Now, some of you luckily will have jobs that keep you moving all the time but many of us will have jobs where we're sitting at a computer for a lot of the day so it's important to to keep moving and even if you you know follow David and do some of his two minute 20 second videos and and intersperse that throughout the day that can be more beneficial than actually doing a formal exercise for an hour so if you did 30 minutes of two minute exercises throughout the day or 15 it doesn't matter just keep moving so I quite often will set myself a timer and at the end of the 40-50 minutes I will get up and move and I often say in my office I have a, a toilet but I actually go upstairs to get myself moving so that I'm moving up the stairs, down the stairs. I'll do something maybe in the kitchen and keep moving. I try and get outside um, a few times a day and just walk up and down the garden. So doing little things is much more important than doing some formal exercise. That's not to say that formal exercise isn't good for you, but we do need to keep moving throughout the day. So David is looking to raise £365,000 for his Move for Wellness movement. So what they want to do with the money is support the Talking Cafe initiatives, which allows people with drug dependence, bereavement, PTSD, mental health issues to access counselling. And also he's trying to create oasis of calms for adults to help people release anger and identify if there are deeper issues that maybe need additional therapy. So it's all for a great cause. So if you want to support David, if you go to the show notes, there is a link to his Just Giving page, which is um, maninatutu.co.uk. So head over to the show notes, just click the link and it will take you straight there. So to find the show notes, go to fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash 085. 
It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.